0: And I was in one of the end zones, and I said, Hey, Max, I'm literally in Cowboy Stadium in the end zone, wide open, throw me the ball.
1: Welcome into Like a Man. I'm your host, Miles Nielsen. On today's episode, I had the privilege of bringing on my cousin, McKay Jacobson, and we discussed his journey playing wide receiver for Brigham Young University. This was a nostalgic show to record. We had shared a lot of classes together at BYU. We even lived in Japan together serving missions for our church. I had a fun time catching up with him and hearing some personal highlights that he had playing for BYU. Let's give it a listen. All right, cuz, let's talk football. This is the first football episode I've had on this podcast. I'm very excited that I get to do it with my cousin, who isn't only my cousin, but also my mission friend. And I would say we were companions, even though we weren't officially, we did live in the same area at the same time and yeah. would proselyte together. So welcome to the yeah. show. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Obihiro. Those were some uh, fun transfers. I think it was two transfers right out there.
1: It was Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun transfer. Obihiro. I will never forget that. And it's funny real quick. I would write the mission president every week when I found out you were coming out and ask if I could be your trainer and then when you came out he called me to be a trainer yeah and then he called my mtc companion to be your trainer and then i was like well maybe it's this kid who i grew up with in my hometown elder Meekum. yeah And elder Meekum went with somebody else and i went with elder christensen who i had no relations to but still it was it was a fun experience
0: yeah that was that was that was cool i do remember getting my call and immediately i was like i'm pretty sure that's where miles is you know, cause you were six months ahead of me or whatever it was. So that was, yeah. that was cool. That was so awesome. Being the same mission. Yeah.
1: So my first football show and I get to have you on. So why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of a background who it was you played for, what position you played and let's just start talking. Sure.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I played a lot of sports growing up. Uh, I think I started playing football when I was eight. And then I played at BYU in 2006, went on my mission, came back, played in 2009, 10 and 11. And uh, I played, played wide receiver. I was number 80 my freshman year and then um, number six my last three years. So yeah, I played some special teams as well, but Um, you know, just played, played receiver, mostly outside, but played a little bit of the slot receiver as well.
1: So when you were playing in high school, you played for South Lake, right?
0: That's right. Yep.
1: I remember my parents coming and grabbing me and everybody else. And we pulled up ESPN and there was our cousin McKay playing like the high school championship game that they were broadcasting and they zoomed in on you. And I remember thinking how cool that was. So when you were playing for South Lake, what was your first experience like playing, let's just talk high school, and then how you transitioned from playing high school, how BYU recruited you, and then your experience playing after that?
0: Yeah, so in high school, we had a really good, a really, really good team for the couple years I was there and you know as, as a lot of people say I think it's fairly true I mean in Texas football is it's kind of like an, a religion there I mean they're very into it Friday Night Lights you know just like the TV show and movie I mean the whole town kind of gets around all the all the players and a pretty big deal and I had a really good coach really good teammates you know actually my high school quarterback uh for the two-year he was a year older. Chase Daniel. He he was really good, and he's still playing in the NFL. He's a backup for uh, the Chargers. So I had really good teammates, uh, really good team, and so that that helped a lot. And um, you know, kind of the first experience as a, as a freshman, I played on the freshman team, and then I was brought up to varsity. I was the only freshman brought up to varsity, and so that was kind of a neat experience. And then I started my sophomore through junior or through senior year. But I think just some of my fondest memories playing in high school is just, you know, the Friday night lights, going to school. Everybody so excited about the game, getting to the game, you know, the bands all pumped up and playing all the band music and just a lot of fun playing under the lights, you know, Friday nights. And, um, yeah, we
1: had a good team. We won a lot. So it was a great experience. How many schools reached out to you your senior year and what was the recruiting process like? And what was that like to experience that and to make that decision?
0: Growing up in Texas, I really watched a lot of the big 12 schools. And that's really where I wanted to go to initially. And I think the thing that helped the most was our team was really good. So we won state three out of the four years. And we went to the state championship game each of the years. So. When I was in high school, we won 63 games and had one loss in the state championship. So we got a lot of exposure, you know, kind of in the, in the state and everything. And everybody kind of knew our Southlake team, cause we were doing so well. And I think the thing that helped me the most with recruiting, I mean, obviously doing well, playing for a good team, doing well, helped a lot, but running track, I, I think probably helped me the most to get some scholarships when i ran track i made it to the state finals in the 200 meter and a lot of you know it kind of just validated okay he's he's fast enough to play right it kind of gives some validity to saying hey maybe he could he could play at the next level and so for me i think it was a combination of those things that helped and uh, i do remember preparing for the season my dad just encouraged me and said hey like we need to go to a bunch of these football camps at these colleges and it'll be good exposure. And so we went to them and, and probably the one that was most memorable was, I think I had already gotten like one or two scholarships. Like one was from BYU. One was from university of Houston. And then as far as the recruiting goes, like you'll, you'll get all these letters in the mail. And a lot of them are pretty generic. And one of them was from Texas A&M. They invited me down to the football camp in college station. And I remember talking to my dad and saying, Hey, do I really, do we need to go to this? Like, I don't know. And he said, Hey, yeah, we should try to go to as many as we can. So we ended up going, did the whole camp. They invited a few campers after. So I think this was going into my junior year and they invited a bunch of us up. And I don't know if you know much about Texas A&M stadium. It's, it's huge. It's one of the biggest in the country. And I think they were still adding an addition to it, but anyways, we, we got up in the press box and you know just kind of mingling with some of the coaches and i didn't really think they really even knew who i was you know totally but the head coach dennis Francioni at the time he came up and talked to me and my dad and he said hey do you guys have a minute we're just going to step in this this room here and just want to talk to you for a minute he started talking to, to me and my dad and he said hey we've been following you and we'd like to offer you a full ride scholarship to play here and i was just like completely shocked I, d- I just didn't even know that I was even on the radar completely. I mean, cause you'll get recruiting letters, but it was all very generic. So I didn't think they really knew who I was and, at the time. And anyways, that was a really cool, memorable experience, kind of getting that opportunity. And, you know, I didn't end up going there, but had some great experiences because of how good our team was and just was able to be in a good place and have a good opportunity. And, and so that was a, a very cool, cool
1: experience. How did BYU reach out to you? And then what was the decision process there to go with them?
0: I had gone to their football camps, I think almost every year when I was in high school. And I knew my parents wanted me to go there. And there was a little bit where it was like, okay, BYU is interesting. It'd be great to go there. But I really wasn't that interested until really going into my senior year. I think part of the reason is, I, you know, I just grew up in Texas and I didn't see a lot of BYU. It was mostly like big 12 schools, like OU, Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech. They were kind of like in the running, so to speak, but it was just never like, oh, I really want to go to BYU. And it was funny because going into my senior year, I was trying to make a decision what to do. And um, I knew my parents wanted me to go there. I think they would have been supportive wherever. I honestly felt a little bit like oh I want to make the decision you know I don't want to feel like oh I have to do this because my parents want me to do it Uh, but ultimately I decided on BYU really because I just thought okay if I didn't play football while I was going to college where would I want to go and that was BYU so uh, you know they still had a good football program and all that stuff so for me that kind of help me help make the decision to, to go there.
1: So you go there, tell us what the first day of practice was like meeting all those guys and getting hit and everything. What was, what was that experience like? I graduated high school a semester early.
0: So after I finished the first half of senior year, I graduated and then I started, I enrolled in January. It was kind of becoming a popular thing to finish early and then go early. And, and the thought process was, well, if you can go early as a freshman and participate in, in spring ball practice, it will help you be able to play. Right. Cause you get more practices and you can get acclimated and everything. So I just remember getting up to BYU and I mean, it was definitely a big change because, you know, everybody's, you know, really good at high at their high school. Right. So it was just that next level of, competition. And it was the off season. And I just knew I wanted to really prove myself every day and work extremely hard. And that off season was definitely very tough. So we have some off season where, you know, you're not padded up yet. You're not practicing quite yet. But I just remember running really hard, you know, every day working out really hard and, you know, just competing and, and trying to show like all my new teammates and coaches that, Hey, like, wow, like, look at this kid come in and and just like outwork everybody, and so that was kind of the mindset going in. And so from there, you know, it just gradually you, you got used to, you know, everybody. You got to know people, and got more and more comfortable as I was there. But that definitely helped for my freshman year to to have it a successful year.
1: So you're practicing. You go from starting in spring training, and then you get into the season. And the year is two thousand six, right? That's right. Yeah. So then in 2006, your first live play that you do, what was that experience like going into it? So, yeah,
0: we played the University of Arizona. And yeah, you're just like a little nervous, just like in anything, like even in high school, like the very first play of the game, you know, you got a little bit of jitters. And it's usually like the very first game of the season where you got a little bit of jitters. And even some games, you know, you got a little bit, but it wears off pretty quickly and you just start playing but I do remember my first catch was an out route. Um, so I ran like a 10 yard out and caught the ball and kind of tap your toes to be in bounds and then out. So I think that was my first catch. And kind of, you know, as I got a few catches and, you know, a few games under the belt, you know, you you get more and more comfortable. And yeah, my freshman year was, it was a fun year. We had a really good team. So that was, that was one of my favorite years at BYU for sure.
1: In your freshman year, you did the famous kick return I did
0: yeah so that one was memorable for a lot of reasons so that one was um I think like BYU hadn't had like a kickoff or punt return for a touchdown in like 10 years it was kind of later in the season I think it was right before yeah it was like a week or so before Thanksgiving so you know we were I don't know seven games into the season eight games in and we were playing at the University of Wyoming at home and it was a Thursday so it was it was nice too cuz i got to skip class right mm-hmm. you know when you're in college it's nice to, to skip classes as much as you can and um that same day i think i'm trying to remember if it was that i think it was that morning i received my mission call and i waited all day to open it that night no so way i was really? like wait, yeah i was waiting for the game and and you know like it's even a little different for games if you have to wait around all day because you're just like, okay, let's just, let's just play. You know, you don't like to wait around all day. And so it was a combination of waiting for the game for that Thursday night and then also waiting to open my call. So I remember that day was like a little bit like, okay, let's just like get this going. It seemed like the longest day. But um, yeah, so that game was really fun. We beat Wyoming really bad. I had, you know, that touchdown, the long touchdown for punt return and, you know, had a couple other catches and stuff. And we, you know, we just, we smoked Wyoming. I think we beat him like 55 to seven. Good. And in, the lo- in the locker room, I had announced to like all my teammates, Hey, I got an admission call. If you guys want to come up, I was living up on the tree streets up by the Provo temple. And I said, Hey, you know, come on up. And so I went up and opened my call. And so grandma and grandpa were there. And then, you know, my parents and some siblings and I had some teammates. And then we had a video guy at BYU he came up too because he was like in the locker room he like overheard it and he came and you know I knew who he was when he came over but my mom and dad like didn't know who he was but and after the fact it was like oh my mom thought that my dad had hired the video guy and vice versa so it was kind of funny Um, but anyways (laughs) long story short um, I opened the call and um, you know I'm reading it and the guy videoed it so that was pretty cool I don't know where the copy is now i wish i did but anyways it was really cool like reading it through and then i remember immediately saying like sapporo japan and i was like that's that's where miles is that's where my cousin miles is and um or i said i think he's in japan but where i was like where where in japan is he because i didn't know exactly where you were and so i think my mom or dad they i think they text your mom or dad or something but and then we figured it out but anyway so that was that was probably Probably the one of the more memorable games. The only other one I would say that was quite memorable was the Utah game. And that was the game where Johnny Harleen had his the catch. Mm-hmm. Where John Beck, he he's you know, he's running around and he throws it to Johnny Harleen in, in the end zone and he catches it. His time expires and we win.
1: While those cool things were all happening, I was living in Japan and getting these emails weeks after things happen i wasn't mm-hmm. I, we weren't even getting emails we weren't allowed to email at that point i was getting handwritten letters Yeah. so that was awesome so you came out to japan we served our missions you went home crazy thing is we had all these classes together that we never planned we and we didn't yeah. plan it we didn't sit down but we had all these classes but i remember the coolest thing about the first year you came back we were playing oklahoma watching the game and it came down to this last play where you were the one who caught the winning pass. And that was like the coolest experience ever. So why don't you tell us what that day was like? Tell us the story about you and Max Hall before the game, when you were there in the stadium and let's just go into all those details about that.
0: So we played OU it was the first game of the year. And it was at the new Cowboy stadium, they had just built the stadium, it was the very first college game to ever be played at the Cowboy stadium. At the new one there that they built in 2009. And I guess they'd play like one soccer game, one pro soccer game the night before, or like a week before, and then like the night before there was like high school games. So it was like the third game ever there. And um, it was our first game of the year and so even a lot of the off season and summer like leading up to the game like there's a lot even more prep and it's interesting when you're prepping for the season and it's the first game of the year you're prepping on like last year's tape and you don't really know who the starters are going to be for the other team and you know there's a lot of unknowns right because the season hasn't even started yet but i remember getting ready for things and then my dad he called me one day he said hey i know you got like a week or so before you start fall camp and he's like, you should fly down here to Texas and we should tour the stadium. And his reason was, well, you know, it's quite a big stadium and you want to be like a little bit familiar with it. You don't want to be enamored and have that be a distraction. And I was like, okay. That makes sense. Sure. And, and so I went down and I did a tour of the stadium and I had walked the field We, I was able to walk the field. So I, one of my, my Wee football coaches, he was, a t- he was a tight end for the Cowboys. His name is Jay Saldi. And if I'm remembering correctly, either him or my dad, or, or there's some sort of connection where they were able to like, we did the tour, but then I was able to walk on the field. And I was walking the field and then I called Max Hall, which was the quarterback for our team. And he didn't answer. I left him a voicemail and I was in one of the end zones. And I said, Hey, Max, I'm literally in Cowboy stadium in the end zone, wide open, throw me the ball. Like, you know, something, something silly like that, you know, I was kind of telling where I was all that stuff. And that's what I, you know, told them. And then, um, you know, we finished the tour, whatever I got back, you know, didn't really think much about all that. And then, you know, we play Oklahoma and it's a very close game. And with about a minute left in the game, we're on offense, we're driving down. And we called this play where we are kind of close to the end zone. And I ran this route to the back of the end zone, literally right around the same area as I was standing when I called Max those two months prior in the summer. And Max threw me the ball and I caught it. And it was the game winning score. That was just like kind of ironic how it all kind of happened. And then after the fact, I was like, wow, that was crazy. Like for so many reasons.
1: That was one of the coolest experiences is having your cousin catch the winning catch. In an intense game, that was the coolest experience I've ever had.
0: It was interesting thing too, just thinking about it. So Dennis Pitta was the tight end, and like probably one of the best tight ends to ever play at BYU. It was just, you know, it, I could go through all. The, I could go through the X and O's, the X and O's, because I still remember the play. It was called Winston. We called that play Winston, and um, we had put it in specifically because because we knew based on the preparation, we knew when we got close to the goal line that they would run one or two different defenses. And, you know, it's either a man or a zone or different things. And we knew that if they ran that type of zone defense, that there'd be that back end line, maybe open or the front end line. And so that's what we attacked and that was the opening and that's where I caught it. So it's kind of cool to think about it.
1: Do you have any experiences of meeting people who bring up that game specifically?
0: Yeah, so it it is interesting kind of as a football player, right? Because you have the uniform on and the face mask. It's like sometimes, you know, people don't recognize you, but sometimes they'll recognize maybe a name. And so I was at a wedding, I guess it was last year. I'm trying to think exactly when it was. I think it was last fall. And I don't know, I just got talking with somebody and found out, oh, he went to BYU the same time. And, you know, I told him, oh, I was there at BYU the same time. And he was like, wait, what's your name again? And I said McKay, and and he said, "Are you McKay Jacobson? Are you the McKay Jacobson? I think you are." I was like, "Maybe, <laughs> you know, whatever." And then he tells me that he went to the Oklahoma game. It was like the funnest game he's ever been to. And he said he stormed the field after the game. And then he ended up telling me that he got arrested. He spent that night in jail. And as he's telling me this, he says it was all. It was. It was totally worth it. And so it was pretty funny to hear because some of the fans, you know, they're, they're pretty memorable. You know, you can, you know, when, when the big games are happening and fans get in and there's so much like emotion to it, it's, um, it's a fun thing, but yeah, usually, usually people, you know, you make some sort of connection or, you know, they were an avid BYU fan. It's it's yeah. They usually bring up, Oh, I was at the, at the Oklahoma game or, it's usually that. That's typically the one. Sometimes it's Utah games that they were at when we beat Utah the the two times when I was playing, but it's usually the Oklahoma game they'll always bring up.
1: What was it like studying while being an athlete? So I know just thinking
0: about football players and academics, right? Like football players, like always get a bad rap. I think there are some that aren't that book smart sometimes, but I remember you know i ended up majoring in japanese right like in in you minored in it and i was just going to minor in it and i was still trying to figure out what i wanted to do and i didn't i didn't really know i'm like i just want to focus on football but anyways long story short so i ended up just majoring in japanese and part of it was just because i was so slow to pick a major and i went to the like academic advisor and he's like you got to pick a major and i'm like well, I, i'm not quite sure yet and i, I didn't end up redshirting and so he was saying, hey, like, you need to pick a major if you don't, like, you may be ineligible. And it's not because of grades, because I, I had good grades, but it was just because you're supposed to have enough progression toward a major to stay eligible. So like my freshman year at BYU, like, I took like exercise science classes, I took some of the generals, but I just didn't take a lot. And then I came back and I'd taken some some classes but you know i was going to do japanese minor but it was just like i tested out enough i'm like okay i need to actually declare a major and japanese was the one that would keep me eligible so i mean it really wasn't like too big of a concern that hey i'm not going to be eligible i can't play but you know some people just you know give the football players a bad rap and it's just like well it's not only just because of grades it's you know you have to show the progression i remember there was one ki- one guy i think it was matt edwards so like lavelle edwards grandson okay super smart guy he was like in the same boat he was a tight end and like he was he was really smart like i think he probably had like a four zero, and or it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me i remember he was in the office too and i was like sitting in and we we're talking with uh academic advisor his name is coach Hamblin and he served as a mission in Japan by the way too cool and it was so funny he would always call me he uh-huh. <laughs> hey elder, um for all you non-Japanese speakers out there but yeah anyway so Matt Edwards was kind of in that same boat where it was like hey Matt you got to pick a major or else you're going to be ineligible so I, I think he ended up majoring in math or something but Something you know, that's crazy. Well, something in math. Something, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Just thought that was interesting. And I know just a second ago we were talking about our our favorite classes together, and I want you to tell that story about the math professor, right? Where oh where yeah, I came, I came, I came off my mission. I guess you had been six months ahead of me or whatever you were, and we just ended up being in the same math class. And we had a Japanese class and the math class. And so, yeah, I think you should tell that story about that professor about asking questions.
1: So, yeah, so just everybody listening. So like I said earlier, me and McKay, we had all these classes together and we didn't plan it. Like I would walk in and he would be there and vice versa. But before McKay came and we had calculus together, I had to take calculus twice because I didn't get a grade that was good enough to get me in the program I wanted to get into. And the professor, he would come he would come in and everybody had been you know serving missions and or been in school for a year had been forever since they'd taken an algebra class but you'd have to take this calculus class uh, to get into like the business program or whatever other prerequisite and he was really funny because he would get up at the beginning of class and he would always say okay people ask me questions and so everybody would start asking him questions And they'd be like, he would get mad. He'd be like, those are algebra questions. Stop asking me algebra questions. So that everybody would lower their hands. And then he would get mad and he'd be like, why isn't anybody asking questions? We are supposed to be studying. I'm not just going to lecture the whole time. So then people would ask, you know, they'd raise their hands and ask a question. And then he'd get mad and he'd be like, that's an algebra question. Stop asking me. So it was just this endless loop in the class. Where it was like he would always tell people to ask questions because they weren't. And then they would, and then he'd get mad because it was an algebra question. And he only wanted to answer calculus questions. So
0: Yeah, that <laughs> was that was a fun class. So Yeah, it'd been it been like four years since I'd taken math. So I, I definitely struggled. Um, I
1: remember I remember that too. And we did some study sessions together yeah. and, and studied for it. And you did you did decent in that class, didn't you?
0: I don't even remember what I got. I don't think I did great. I think I did good enough to not take it again. But, uh, I think, I think, um, there were a couple of glasses that didn't do very well. The most part I did. Okay. But, um,
1: college football going forward, what are the big changes that you see in players now when you watch versus when you were playing? Two things come to mind. I think some of the like NIL deals,
0: we've kind of changed the landscape of, of recruiting and and things, right. Where, where players can get, get paid now, right. Can, can do some endorsements and get some sponsors and things. I think that, that, that has changed things. Um, I'm sure Reggie Bush would have liked
1: that. Right. And do you think (sighs) it's changing it, changing it for the better or for worse?
0: You know, it's hard to say, I think in some ways, um, I honestly feel like in some ways it's, it, it's, it's not good only from the standpoint, I think the, what's the word for it? Um, the parody is not going to be the same. I think, I think you're going to continue to see like the best schools continue to be the best schools, you know, Alabama, Georgia. I think it's, it's, it's probably going to make it a little bit harder for some of the schools, you know, the parody that when the schools are doing really well, you know, the, the schools that have a lot of money, a lot of donors, they're going to, they're going to do better
1: um, than those who are getting those sponsorships. That don't, right? because, yeah.
0: you know, they're going to pay some of the player, you know, some of the better players. I still think there will be some parity. I, you know, I don't think it all, you know, in entirety, it's a bad thing. Cause I think even for some student athletes, it's great. It's a great opportunity to really monetize on it. Right. And you know, even a lot of the student athletes, it's they need that, right? Like even if you're on scholarship, it's enough to get by. But you know, really for some of those people that, that come from tougher economic backgrounds, it's you know, it's it's really a blessing for them. So in a lot of ways, I think it's a good thing, but I think that's gonna be the thing that changes college football the most. They always have rule changes here and there, you know, with kickoffs and things. So that's a little different from when I played, but you know, nothing. Material. Um, I have noticed the football pants keep getting shorter and shorter. I, I think it's, it's just interesting seeing because they used to make us like pull our knee pads, like they had to cover our, you know, the rest would tell us. And, and I, even when I was playing, you know, not that long ago, it's been a while, but, you know, they'd always tell me, hey, you got to pull your knee pads down. And it's like, I don't want to move them over, you know, it's, it's kind of in the way, you know, a little bit. So when you're running, anyway, yeah. a little bit, yeah. But, um, kind of funny how how shortened they're getting you'll probably notice more this next season as you look but
1: they're gonna they're gonna be wearing speedos before long out there something yeah just like no pads
0: yeah it's uh i mean those are some things come to mind but you know i love watching college football
1: still and pro and even some high school now now and then i'll I'll go see a game yeah it's fun to watch i like college more than pro still just because there's more heart in it they're playing harder because they want to you know, make it to that next step and like you say the competition seems a little more fierce in college and it's easier for people to relate to their alma mater. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, than, than yeah. to a professional football team in yeah. most cases, so. What are some like life lessons you've learned playing college football and how have those helped you throughout your career and just facing life in general? I'd say probably like three things i
0: learned. I think the first one is you really just have to make the most of every opportunity because sometimes they're, they're kind of limited each given year. You know, I just remember going in and, you know, you're competing every year for starting time. You're competing with yourself, with other people in the conference. And, and so I, th- I think it's just really making the most of every opportunity you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I even remember my sophomore year, I had a good season, but I ended up getting injured and I missed like four games in the middle of the year. And so, you know, when you have the opportunity to, to, to play and do well, you really do have to seize that opportunity. And part of that, you know, is just being prepared, right? Putting in the work every day, every day in practice. That's I think that's what I enjoyed most about football is just the preparation that goes into it. I mean, football is one of those sports where, there's way more preparation than game time, right? Like baseball players, basketball players, there's probably a little bit more game time than there is preparation. But football, it's you know you're preparing six days a week and you play once, once a week. So um, I love that aspect. And then that's kind of the second thing, uh, the second big lesson I I think I learned was, I think it's true in life and in everything you do, like you have to enjoy like the process and the journey. For the people who are just, they just love the outcome. I don't think you're going to be as successful if you just love the very end outcome of whatever it is, whether it's a, a, you know, a project at work or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to apply it to. It's like, you really got to love the journey, right. And enjoy that, like the preparations that needs to be done to put into it um, and a lot of things. You know, you're just going to enjoy things a lot more, right? Because you're enjoying each process. You're not just focused on the destination. You're focused on today and focus on just that particular practice or that particular thing that you're doing. And then I think probably the last thing is I guess it goes along with the first one I said about making the most of every opportunity is you just like have to live in the moment because time just, it goes by so quickly, right? And sometimes in the moment it seems long, but you know, as you get older, it's like, wow, I really just gotta enjoy the moment I'm in. I think
1: that's that's probably another big thing I learned. Those are huge, man. Well, cuz thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. This is a fun conversation. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. One thing that I wanted to note about McKay is that despite having such a successful high school and college football career, he is one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. So that's one thing I love about McKay. To close this one out, I wanted to announce that I have a new website that I just launched called likeamanpodcast.com. Go check it out. There's a lot of cool things on there. And we are going to end this one with the manly mystery sound of... McKay actually catching the winning pass against Oklahoma in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Let's give it a listen.